to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and collecting toys. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your one and done kind of movie viewer who is actually a robot in disguise. And today we are going to be talking about Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon. It's dark of the moon and not dark side of the moon? Wait, is it? I th- I think it's dark I of the moon. <laughs> it's dark of the moon. I've been calling it dark side of the moon, like Pink Floyd album. Well, okay. that would make sense, but nope, it's dark of the moon. Well, the reason we're uh, reviewing this movie today is uh, it's one of the Transformers movies. It was the only one I was willing to watch a second time. Um, it's got mixed reviews as it being a Transformers movie a Michael Bay movie, um, a movie that had Shia LaBeouf in it. Um, It's mixed reviews all around. So we're going to see if time helped this movie. What's it like now? We'll tell you. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start off with our first time watching it. Do you remember your first time watching this? Kind of, yes. So I was living in Chicago when this movie came out. um, And... Of course, Chicago is the backdrop for the intense, big fight scenes of the Transformers. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But when this movie first came out, I was living in Chicago, going to college. And I think I want to say, like, my friends and I who were in the dorm with me, I think we, like, huddled around someone's, like, computer and watched a torrented copy of the movie because we were too poor to afford to go to a Chicago movie theater. Um, And we were just watching it because it's, like, our city, destruction, robots, let's watch robots fuck up our city. Um, So that's why we were there. And literally before this second time around with it, because this this viewing was my actual second time. I hadn't seen it since it first came out. Um, That's all I remembered about this movie. I kind of forgot everything else and was just there for the destruction of Chicago, my city, so. Okay. I uh, I definitely saw this one when it came out. I think I was in college. Uh, my one of my closest friends in college was obsessed with Shia LaBeouf. We had to watch every movie that he was in in theaters. I mean, I was still probably would have seen this regardless because I like big, you know, big popular movies. I'm gonna check this one out. Um, I so I'm a toy collector. I love collecting action figures. Transformers is one of the few toy lines I do not care about. Um, I get the appeal. They It's robots that transform from robot to car. That's kind of fun. Um, but, like, I never owned them. Whatever. But anyway, she dragged me, of course. I'm sure she had to have been the one. And she eventually moved to Chicago. So double wow for her for this movie. Um, but, man, uh, 
I do not care about Transformers in the slightest <laughs> bit. So quick question for you, Joe, because uh, yeah. you have a story that is like one of my favorite Joe stories in your life. Um, is the friend you're referring to the same friend that asked you to go to the Shia LaBeouf installation oh. in LA? That is the same friend. Can you, can you talk about that for the audience, please? Oh, man. So way back when, um, I think when I first moved out to LA, it was in the hype of uh, Shia, the I'm not famous anymore. He got ragged about, you know, um, uh, what the, what do we do? The copyright or whatever? He, Plagiarism. Yes. So he plagiarized like a short film off of someone's like uh, work. Anyway, then he kept doing apologies and those apologies, apologies were parodies of other people's stuff. And just kept going on with the plagiarism. Um, I loved that. It was great. Um, but anyway, she was like, oh, he's doing an exhibit. And I want you to just go to him and tell him, like, we love him. And that he's still great. And we support him no matter what. That's fine. I'll do it. And I sat, I stood in line uh, for, I want to say, like, six hours to see him. You go in this, like, room. Uh, it's one small room. There was like 12 items on the table. There was like a bottle of whiskey, a bowl of mean tweets, uh, an Optimus Prime toy, um, and a bullwhip for like Indiana Jones. Um, and you just, the lady there was like, you can take one item and take it into the next room. Okay, cool. Because uh, Shy is in the next room. And he would only like talk to one person at a time, but he wouldn't talk to anyone. He had a bag over his head. And just hands on the table and just was staring straight at you. I took the Optimus Prime toy because I love collecting toys. I put that on the table. Instantly, the person I am, I was like, I gotta take a picture of this. So I did that. I had heard people in line taking out, taking off his bag. So I took off his bag and took a picture. Um, which, you know, I'm gonna do that. Um, but a lot of people in line would like take like because there was no like time limit. You could talk to him for as long as you wanted, which was kind of ridiculous because if you wanted to like fuck around and poke him in the head for like 30 minutes yeah i think he would just allow that to happen because wasn't the idea that like you could go into the room and like do whatever you want to him kind of idea i, I think that's what it was so, i don't know so my thoughts i went up i just took my picture and i after i took the picture i go you know what man uh i'm a proxy for my friend but we both had the same message to you uh, we think you're great. You're really talented. You know, hopefully this blows over and people like you again because we do and keep making good work because, like, you're talented. And he just stuck out his hand to, like, shake my hand. I was like, oh, shit! He's not <laughs> supposed to be doing this! Uh, but we shook hands and then I left. I was like, you know what? Bye. I'm not wasting his time. I'm not wasting anyone else's time in line because, like, everyone, two minutes tops. Like, say something. Hi to Shia bye to shia mm -hmm. um outside while i was waiting in line this is the part you this is my favorite part <laughs> um oh i don't know if i could show i don't want anyone to like find me and take this away because that would be so well, sad right next door because this line was so ridiculous there was another art exhibit hosted by i believe jerry o'connell sure was who, who is in uh wonderful films like stand by me and piranha 3d so <laughs> he's um so what he's doing over there if you didn't want to wait six hours to 
to see Shia. He would just shake your hand within like three seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he came out afterwards and shook everyone's hand. And like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like that was his bit and it was done. They painted a, a painting that sits in my hallway outside that door. The painting itself says, what you say is who you are. Hashtag, I'm sorry too. And um, the bouncer at Shia's thing flipped that around. And I was like, why did you flip that around? It's like, it's not part of our exhibit. I was like, oh, so if uh, anyone was to take it, would you stop them? No, not at all. <laughs> interesting <laughs> he's like i know what you're saying i'm totally allowing it to happen <laughs> and so after i said hi to shot i just went up i grabbed it real quick and just took off <laughs> so jerry o'connell i have that art fuck you i'm keeping it <laughs> you're awesome in piranha 3d go jerry o'connell i just love the very very niche pop culture moment that you were just in in any way possible and have mementos and photos to relive it whenever you please for those of you who do not remember transformers 3 dark side of the dark of the moon dark of the moon yikes i'm never gonna get that right no um here's the summary that imdb has the autobots learn of a cybertronian I can't get through this <laughs> spacecraft hidden on the moon and race against the Decepticons <laughs> to reach it and learn of its secrets. I can't even get through this. Oh my God. Transformers is so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, okay, okay, guys, here okay. we go. Here, Here's Joe trying his hardest. Yeah, to give us a dramatic reading, please. Okay, here we go. The Autobots learn of a Cybertronian spacecraft hidden on the moon oh. and race against the Decepticons to reach it <gasps> and to learn its secrets. Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful work, Joe. You should be very proud of it. If I was describing this movie to people, I would just say it's another space robots who turn into cars movie. Okay. Um, I would say it's two movies in one. The first movie is a conspiracy theory movie that seems like it's made by a trust fund kid with mommy and daddy money budget. Um, and then it becomes a Transformers movie. Okay. Just like, the, to me, this feels like a, the concept of the first half feels like something that a like inexperienced filmmaker would be like, You'd be crazy if like JFK and the moon landing and like Chernobyl and it's robot aliens. And then someone was like, sure, kid, here's family money. Go make your little movie. Go make your I, little Star Wars. I really like when movies take history and tweak it just for like fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we forget about that happening for the two thirds of the movie. Yeah, it's really strange. And it, and it doesn't end up meaning anything, truly. So it really does feel like two different movies for me. Yikes. Okay, <laughs> well, would you like to hear some reviews? Go for it. Let's start off with some, somehow, positive reviews. Okay. Kate Roger of News Hub said, 
It's big, it's brash, it's loud, it's dumb, and it's mostly entertaining if that's what you're up for. You know what? I am. I'm up for dumb stuff. (laughs) You know what? Yeah. Yeah, Um, who's not? But you know what? I like the big brash stuff. I don't really care about the everything else part. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, the, the big brash stuff is the most fun. Matt Joseph from We Got This Covered. Oh. <laughs> Transformers Dark of the Moon is one of the best blockbusters I've seen in years. No other action film can compare to what is undoubtedly Michael Bay's magnum opus. This is the film to beat this summer. That is deranged. Oh, man. Sir. Uh, 2011 Sir. movies. Uh, I have to Google that right now. What? This guy, I didn't see what he saw in this movie. <laughs> 2011. You know what other movies we got? Captain America, the first Avenger. Okay. Thor. Yeah. Fun Real, visuals. Real Steel. Very similar movie. <laughs> Fast and Furious 5. Okay. Um, Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, oh. no, that. <laughs> um, X-Men First Class. Uh, okay, never That's mind. Right. Yeah, maybe he's In on time? Okay, so 2011 wasn't the best <laughs> It for wasn't action, that great. <laughs> but you know what we did get in 2011? Moneyball. Okay. That's I like, mean, it's sure. not a big. Oh, you know what? I take it all back. We got Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. Oh, homeboy. Yeah, that's, so, that's the movie. The beat, honey. So, Matt Joseph, you're an idiot. You're um, wrong. Ghost Protocol, I think, is still, like, one of the best action movies of yes. all time. It I totally up. agree. It's It holds up. And Tom the things Cruise they is do, climbing the side of a building. He climbs the side of a building. I don't care what kind of explosions Michael Bay has. The, hello. It takes the cake. My God. Henry Fitzherbert of the Daily Express wrote, there's no doubt it could have been much worse. It could have been Transformers (laughs) 2. You know what? (laughs) I do have to agree with that review. It could have been much worse. So It could have been Transformers 2. I do not remember Transformers 1 or 2. I remember one, he gets Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. It's a cute, like, Hey, I'm ready to learn how to drive, and I got a car, and oh no, the car's an alien. Yeah. Adorable idea. Great. The second one, I do not remember it. It ends with like a pyramid. I guess. Like, I just remember it was messy. It was a very messy movie. Oh, let's hear some <laughs> negative reviews. Anthony Lane of the New Yorker wrote The third outing for a herd of toys that should have stayed in their boxes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and you love toys. Mike Massey, Gone of Gone with the Twins. The plot is even more of a convoluted melodramatic mess than its predecessor. We all agree. Yeah. Not going to say no to that. Michael Black of ReviewExpress.com wrote, Motion, Sickness, Nightmare. Uh, there's a lot of movement, especially in the last half of the movie, but I don't find it like it's just no, jolted or like it's no Cloverfield. It's, it's no Cloverfield. That's motion sickness for you, bro. So, do you want to start off with what we liked or what we didn't like about this movie? 
I think we need to start off what we liked about this movie. <laughs> because I think once we get into making fun of this movie, it will not stop. That's true. I'll just say the one thing I liked about this movie the most. <laughs> the what? Okay. <laughs> The one thing that I liked. The one thing that I, I did What's like. What's the thing you liked the movie? most about the movie? The thing I liked the most about this movie is the big war between the Autobots and the Decepticons that takes place in Chicago. It's just, there's so many dope fight scenes. There's so many cool, like, just crazy, like, big robots taking over buildings, taking over a city, doing what they gotta do. And in this movie, the whole point of it is that they're trying to bring back their planet to Earth. And like sort of the center for that is gonna be in Chicago. Now there's like a whole bunch of backstory that we don't need that gets us to that point. But I like the idea of like, they're like, we're gonna restore our planet and it's gonna be here, so deal with it. Um, so there's this like, it's not only the destruction of a city, it's like essentially the destruction of the world. Yeah, Earth, <laughs> but it Earth. starts here, of Earth, uh, but it starts here in Chicago. So there's like a lot of stakes to like ending this fight in Chicago. Uh, the humans on the ground are trying to do all sorts of things to prevent this. Then we got the Autobots coming in being like Decepticons, what you're doing is not cool. We're not into this. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's just so many dope visuals. There's just so many cool sequences in that that I just thought was like really fun. So for me, like the Chicago sequence is the movie. Like, cut everything else out. Just have this. Cut everything else out because like Actually, this is what we want. Give, give us a little bit of the JFK at the beginning and just jump to this. Just jump to it. Like we <laughs> aggressively jump. There is just an aggressive jump because there's so much that we literally don't need. So yeah, I the thing I like the most is just everything that happens in Chicago, the destruction. So basically the last hour of the movie. So I'm going to be way more general than what you just did. <laughs> uh, I think anyone that animated on this movie had anything to do with creating those Transformers. That's the highlight of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the transformers moving shifting gears whatever the anything they're doing the animation is on point especially if they're sending like close-up shots going into things and just so many things are moving parts and just wrapping in and out of itself it's just so nice to look at visually it's so pleasing and it looks awesome especially when like like the sound sound wave i believe is like a cyclops uh, Transformer Decepticon, which is the bad ones. Um, for some reason, he's controlling a giant snake worm thing. Uh, that looks cool, just wrapping itself in through the building and around. Um, that was wild. Everyone that worked on the movie visually for visual effects, making those look great, awesome. So many cool visuals in this movie. Like, just so many. That's what I'm here for in a Transformers or any sort when, of robot fighting war movie. One thing I really enjoyed was McDreamy as a villain. I agree. I think that he uh, was just really, like, like swarmy and, and icky, but, like, he played a villain really well. I... Don't know if his character was completely necessary in the whole movie. Oh, it sure wasn't. It was not. <laughs> but I do like that, like, we hired someone who's, like, just known for being handsome, McDreamy, mm -hmm. 
Um, and like, or like any, I think any other movie he's been in, he's been like the love interest. Yeah. And it was fun seeing him not as the love interest, but as a huge prick that fuck humans. I'm going to side with the winning side, which is the bad robots. So peace. Fuck yeah. Chicago. It's going to get blown up. My bad. I think it was fun to see him in like this different light of just being like a terrible person and a villain. And I thought that was really cool. I wish like they did more with his character and his character was like more necessary to the plot, but Hey, whatever. Um, I did enjoy him in that though, in the villain human villain role. Uh, was there any other things you enjoyed? <laughs> um, no. So this is going <laughs> to sound way out of left field because I'm pretty sure it's something people complain about this movie for. Mm-hmm. But I like these moments. Um, Sam, Shia LaBeouf plays Sam Witwicky, the... Uh, the main human that knows all of the Autobots and helps save the world twice. Um, his parents um, are just a delight. They're so much fun. They bring so much energy. And um, we got Kevin Dunn and Julie White as his parents, Ron and Judy. And they're just both really funny. And I really think this should just be cut out and made into its own movie of some kid that has previously saved the world. He doesn't need to save the world in this movie. But he's looking for a job, and they come in on, like, retirement in their RV just to harass him about not finding another job. Like, why can't you find a job? Well, America sucks, and they don't like hiring people, even if I have the experience of saving the Earth twice. So, okay, I have thoughts on that. Um, I love the parents as well. I would actually want, like, more of them in this movie. Um... But they're a huge part of the first movie. They're such a big part of the first which movie. Which is why I think we like the first movie the most. They really do bring some like fun entertainment. Um, but what okay, so to your point though about finding the job, like I liked the idea that, like, yeah, he's still struggling, even though he's gone through like these crazy, wild, big, big moments in his life where he's like saved the world essentially, and he can't find a job in this economy. But what drives me wild is that he's only three months out of college and they're acting like he is like scum of the earth because you can't find a job. Only three months out of college. You fucking idiot. You spent all your time saving the earth. You could have been building your resume. It's like, okay, three months out of college. That's not that bad. Like, is that really I, all he was at? Three yes. Months out of college? They say it so many times like it's a bad thing. It's like, he's already been out of school for three months and can't find a job. What a fucking loser. And it's like, okay, that part is not so realistic. Oh, if he was like uh, six months to a year removed out of college, okay. No. But it's been three months. How is Sam Witwicky going to be with like coronavirus? And having to be home and <laughs> that unemployment. Yeah, I maybe I felt more bitter about it watching it in the age of coronavirus, where it's like, oh, I was you definitely had a job in three months. Yay. I was definitely stewing. I was like, oh, come on! But like, yeah. this was probably the highlight of the movie for me is just having the parents around. So okay, so that leads me to a thought a experiment of how I would change this movie. One okay. one tweak. So we haven't gotten into her yet. <laughs> But oh, no. Sam well, Witwicky's Shia LaBeouf has a new lady that was just 
uh, a replacement for Megan Fox. Just get, let's get another hot girl in here. And that is Rose Huntington Whitley. Um, and a lot of Shia's like, in this movie, his his saving, his he needs to save his girlfriend. There's so much of his, like, I gotta save her. She's the one. I would have rather taken her out. Not, we don't need him to have a girlfriend in this movie. Number one, it's not necessary. And let's say like, he's, I presume he's living in Chicago. Although I guess it's never explicitly stated. Um, but let's have him, he's living in Chicago. His parents come to visit him. Shit is going down in Chicago. He has to save his parents, not his, his new girlfriend. He has to okay. save the parents that have always been there that, yeah, sometimes they, they give him tough love, but like, we know these people, we know the like weight of like, let's save them as opposed to just like, I got to save this hot girl that you just met. Like it's, yeah, it's the third movie. We can't introduce a new character. That's that important. No, no. Um, but let's, for those of you who don't remember the, oh man, what a scandal this was. Megan oh. Fox got fired from Transformers 3. Mm-hmm. Jessica, do you remember why? She said that Ni- Michael Bay was a Nazi. She she just referenced, or she alluded to, I think she actually just said it, like, working for him is like Hitler. <laughs> He's like Hitler. And, I mean, uh, it's just a childish, like, low-hanging fruit of yeah man he's just hard to work with hitler like oh man um but yeah that got her fired <laughs> I, I really don't think that earned a firing um but it did uh steven spielberg it wasn't michael bay that fired her steven spielberg yeah. was like hey that's what she said fire her. i can't ha- have that so instead of just being like you know what it's a new area in his life like he just got out of college he doesn't need to have a, a girlfriend no, no, apparently he absolutely did because did, it's a Michael Bay movie. And what is it without a hot girl? So we get Rosie Huntington Whitley, and I'm going to butcher her name throughout the whole episode because I have no idea what it is. You um, want to just refer to her as Carly because that's the character's Carly name? Carly is her name. Way sure, easier to say. Sure, we'll go with Carly. Um, Rosie Huntington Whitley. Whitley. Carly. <laughs> Carly. Um, So first of all, one thing that stuck out with me uh, instantly was that the very first shot we see of Carly uh, is literally of her ass. Literally, that's our intro. She's walking upstairs, like no pants on, like a white shirt on. And we are tracking her up the stairs on her ass. Okay, that's every shot of her starts with her legs. She's got long legs. And we're gonna put her in the shorter shorts. Oh, come on, guys! Like, so like my thing is is like yes, I know this is a Michael Bay movie, and we go for all the attractive people we could possibly get for Michael Bay. But like, could we not find one that could act? That's hot because, honey, Carly cannot act. She, she cannot act. She's just a model. She's yeah. just a model. <laughs> she's pretty, but like this overly top hot like. Uh, there's a lot of things about the Carly character I don't understand as well. Mm-hmm. Besides, because I, she's really demoted to just she's super attractive, which is, which is weird because like, Shia LaBeouf's care or Sam is Sam really getting the hottest girl? Sam seems to me like a nerd. Like he can get an attractive girl, the hot like model. I don't know, man. 
Yeah. And also like, he's literally bringing nothing to the table. Like he's like, she's, she's like super wealthy, super attractive, gorgeous, hardworking lady. And Mm. he's a schlub who doesn't have a job. Not saying you shouldn't date someone with the job without a job, but like, he's not really bringing a ton to the table for her. So her, her job is what I want to talk about. Oh God. Y'all. So when they meet at the, like, is it a flashback or is it just? It's a flashback. I think it's this scene. The, so Sam gets a medal from Obama. <laughs> he does something else. And I think a flashback to after he receives the medal, I think it goes back. And I'm like, why didn't we just continue? Th- Whatever. <laughs> so after he gets a medal from Obama for saving the world twice, um, she's, uh, Carly works at the White House as something, an aide. <laughs> is my guess i guess and she's like notating something so she's definitely like an aide or press or something that works in the white house and then i don't know how long it takes from that scene to our current story it it didn't seem like it was like any time but now (laughs) she's like an assistant for a super rich auto dealership yeah patrick dempsey's like character i i think runs some sort of car dealership right yeah, it's like Patrick Dempsey's her boss. He's like super loaded and he I I gathered runs a like high-end car dealership. Why so, did she leave the White House job to be a car dealer's assistant? Thank you. Cuz the trajectory Where of that come? career makes no sense in my um, brain. Like we, either if she if he meets her at the White House, she's I think she would be a little bit nerdier. Yeah. Um and would have been like super smart and knowledgeable and like had a career path to go into politics that would have been interesting um but instead we took it the transformers route where everything has to be with a car <laughs> zoom zoom happy so, with cars so yeah she's in this she's just a hot assistant in a car dealership it's really strange it's really doesn't make any sense and i just also feel like Maybe it's because it's the third movie. Maybe it's because Rosie Carly is not an actress. There's just no like chemistry from them. And like, we are forced to believe that this is the one, like they are in love, in it for the long haul, gonna get married. We know Megan Fox has been like his girl for two movies and they're like star-crossed lovers. Nope, Mm -mm. forget that, this is the one. No relationship. No relationship that we know of. We're just, if we take a deep dive, they're together and they are the one. And we're supposed to just get behind it. There is a few lines though where they do throw shade at Megan Fox. So there's like one point Shia says about uh, Megan Fox's character. She dumped me and I moved on to something better. Ooh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, They're both beautiful women, but like, oh my God, her acting is, there's, it's not like all of her fault because she didn't, like, she can't act. That's not her, her strength. Um, But her acting is so bad that I don't buy this woman as being like smart because I can see Rosie Carly struggling to get through the lines to the point where it's like, I don't know what you're even trying to say here. So like, I don't believe you're brilliant. Sorry. So like, all right, if you need, if you need a hot gal in there, 
cast someone who can read lines and is attractive. There's tons of people like that in the world. There's tons of people in their early 20s that could have done this. And hey, if you need a model, if you need a model, Michael Bay, okay. But like, let's put her in like supporting, supporting, supporting. Like, let's not have her, because she's very like up there in the cast. And it's like, God, they gave her way too many lines. Because she, you know what? Towards the end of this movie, I was just wondering, why is she with them to help destroy? (laughs) She doesn't know. I don't think she knows how to fight, but she's also climbing up the buildings with them. Why was she there? She was on the ground that could have just ran to safety. But she was like, no, going up top in these skyscrapers with you. I'm just another person that's a risk and danger. She is like running around with the army, bringing nothing. Like, go girl, give us nothing. I mean, I also think that about Sam. Sam, you don't have any army training. What are you doing in this? You and Bumblebee are not friends anymore. It's like, yeah, they're both sort of like running around in a situation that I don't think either of them are equipped for. Um, Not at all. Not at all. Like maybe Shia could be like, okay, well, you've been through something similar before. All right. But her, she is just like running around in heels, being all sorts of a liability. Essentially, like I said, like he goes into Chicago to save her. But then it becomes like, oh, I got you. And instead of like, let me get you to safety. It's like, let's just run around with the army. Let's just like fuck shit up. So what you did there reminded me of one big thing that kept bothering me the whole time. He grabs her by the wrist to lead her so many times. So like, many we're times. going. <laughs> we're going this way. I have mm-hmm. to be the, the man and be your leader. It's aggressive as hell. And then also, like, so Patrick Dempsey, her boss, at some point, like, literally kidnaps her. Um, And he's also doing the same thing. Like, he's got her by the arm and is like, look, look, like, come here, come here. And it's like, okay, honeys, we don't need to be doing all that. We don't need to be, like, constantly, like, grabbing her arm to run. Like, it's just weird. It comes off super weird. I think Shia LaBeouf grabbing her wrist and, like, running with her is supposed to be, like, romantic. Like, we're in this it's together. Not, it's, it's not. It's very aggressive. It's not at all. The The relationship is not romantic. Um, I would say just get rid of her. Like, I'm sorry. She, he, the character adds nothing. Um, the stakes don't feel high when he needs to go save her. Because, like, I don't know who she is. I don't really care about their relationship. So, no, I think we could have taken that character out completely and it would have been probably better. Find higher stakes for him to, like, be in the situation. So what else do we not like? Let's talk about Let's move on from her because she's just... Uh, she drags me. Have him save somebody else. His parents! Have his him parents. save his parents. That I, would be fun. I like I like that idea. Let's do that. Um. So one thing that I don't like about this movie is... The first half, there is just way too many human things going on. So much human, human stuff. Like There's a lot of human stuff. A lot of human stuff that we don't need, like Shia LaBeouf's job hunting. I don't need to see him going in and out for interviews and like then getting a job in the mailroom. And he's like, just I, I get rid of all of that. Get rid of all of it. Just we have them. We wasted a lot of time doing we that. We wasted so much time. Like, if you're gonna go for this whole like fallen hero type type of thing with Sam, then just have him be like, 
a schlump, like living in his parents, like RV, like has nothing. He's not even trying. And he's like, I don't know what to do with my life. I would have preferred that rather than like going into an interview room with a deranged John Malkovich that is very tan. Yeah, but like John Malkovich is just just yeah, entertaining to see. I forgot he was in this movie. Same. And I also forgot that two-time Oscar-winning actress Frances McDormand is in this movie. Oh, she's... I totally forgot either one of those two talented actors are in this. Speaking of talent, we also get, like, a fun cameo. I don't even think it's a cameo at that point. A fun little minor supporting role from Kim Jong. Yeah! Love it. (laughs) He's there. Such a scene-stealer, that guy. You also... Who else is in there? Fucking Buzz Aldrin, the astronaut. (laughs) Yeah, he makes a cameo. I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, well, he's too good for this movie. Oh, That's not man. fair to him. The reason I think, uh, like, Malkovich and uh, McDormand and Aldrin took these roles is, like, they probably have, like, kids or grandkids that are, they're like, you know what? This was going to be a fun, silly job that's going to pay super well. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I do this? Because it's a big movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, who cares how stupid it is? Yeah, and like for a John Malkovich and a Francis McDormand, these are very easy roles compared to what they've done. Yeah. But let's talk about the JFK stuff. The whole plot of this movie. Oh. Back in the 60s, Cybertron had a huge war. Mm-hmm. And the Autobots and the Decepticons, I'm getting bored just talking about this history. <laughs> uh, they had a war on their on their Transformer planet. The The pillars, some of the pillars with um uh what's the prime's name the lead prime sentinel prime sentinel prime mm-hmm. who's leonard nimoy yes um he he crash lands on the moon and kind of dies in a way he goes like um, dormant then we get um oh we get uh so they send the whole reason they go to the moon mm-hmm. that the u.s visits the moon is to oh we landed on the moon okay cameras are off quick Buzz, Neil, go to that crater and see what landed there. Like, what? I like when they twist with, like, history like that. It's fun, but then that really goes nowhere. Right. I do like a good revisionist history moment, but I don't need that in my Transformers movie. Like, that's... Because, like... Not why so I'm the, gov- here. the government 100% knows that at least robot aliens exist. Mm-hmm. First movie happens why the hell aren't they telling them oh yeah by the way something like you is on the moon what was the catalyst that they decided yeah now's the time we tell them right like i don't know (laughs) like i don't know why do we need to add in this like deep conspiracy theory layer about apollo 13 and the moon landing because it's like Okay, cool. They had a they found a robot alien on the moon. Like it doesn't add anything to what happens throughout the movie besides the fact that the government's like, "Oh, we've known all along." Like, okay, yeah, you knew in the first movie to you. So, yeah. All right. But an- okay, another wild thing is that the moon landing isn't the only revisionist history we get in this movie. Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. If you hadn't, if you have not heard of Chernobyl, then please Google it and watch the HBO miniseries about it. Your life will change. 
Um, but Chernobyl, this historically radioactive site, uh, was an area that the Decepticons were like at as well. So it's like they tied in Chernobyl into this weird like moon landing thing. It was like, like their base because nobody was going to visit there. Yeah. So that was weird. But then they all visit there and hang out in the contaminated area. Yeah, just casually a humans walking around in the contaminated area. Why are we meeting in here? Oh, (laughs) oh, this place is still going to be radioactive for thousands of years. (laughs) Oh, cool. While this is happening, Optimus Prime is just explaining so much exposition. And I don't care at all. You're space robots. You turn into cars. I don't really need to set up for this movie. Or a story, if I'm being completely honest, I just want to see them fight. Right. If we need a story, let's let's simplify it because this story is incredibly dense. It's and like, there's a lot to it, a lot a, of plot. Especially with like government like trying to cover up so much stuff. Stop trying to cover it up or pretend it doesn't exist. It's fucking alien space cars. Like <laughs> and and they just leveled half of fucking Chicago. Like they exist. Yeah, that's what's strange too is like they introduced this weird like the government's known all along thing, but it's in the third movie. Like <laughs> we all know they exist. What are you talking about? Like what are you hiding? Like and the things that they are hiding or they do know about just never come like they never pay off. They never like truly matter. So it just felt like literally the first hour and a half was just a complete like we didn't need that at all like none of it okay so also on that note there's like this weird sort of like idea that like are the autobots our friends or not are they the enemy and it's like okay first of all guys they i think they've proven themselves that they're like they helping fucking us out saved her twice yeah we can stop this like fox news speaking of bill o'reilly cameo um, <laughs> i wrote that that was the second conservative uh nod that they had in that movie yes the other one was when shia labeouf is interviewing for a job and he said uh the president gave me a medal and the guy interviewing him is like well which president and he says obama and he's like well we're more of a conservative office oh i don't like that get that energy out of here please what are you, michael bay what are you doing <laughs> get politics out of the transformers we transformers. already have we already have the Autobots and Decepticons. Now I get to settle between both of those and conservative liberal. Get out. <laughs> don't need it. We don't need it here. Oh, this, my God. this is the second movie Bill O'Reilly has popped up for us. And yeah, I don't like it. I don't all. like it either. It's really Bye. uncomfortable how many cameos he was just given. I It doesn't age well. Ugh. But they like randomly decide to like shoehorn this plot line of like, can we trust the Autobots? And it's like, where? what do we do? Like, that's very unnecessary, too. We can, and, like, that whole thing, like, we just a time sucker. We only need one plot. Their Decepticons are trying to turn Earth into the next Cybertron. That's it. Yeah. We've got good Autobots that want to help Earth, and then we've got Decepticons that don't give a shit and just want to be robots. That's all we need, and that's enough. That's big stakes. <laughs> if you want to give me a human character too, that's fine. Sure. Focus on some army people because they could help. There's no. also, I think, John Turturro's character. They're tracking down Russians about a 50-year-old oh, mission yeah. to connect. 
I don't know what's happening at all at this point. No. Um, I really like John Turturro. He was so great in The Night Of. If you haven't seen The Night Of, go watch The Night Of. So he's in it. Alan Tudyk is sure. in this movie. Is this like weird assistant um, who doesn't get enough screen time? They introduce one point when they go to the Russians and they draw guns. He flips like a shotgun out of nowhere. Like he has studied this. He's been a spy somehow. I was like, why isn't he at the end fighting at all? That was super weird to me. Yeah, I agree. I wanted like more of him and less of Sam. Also, I just got to say, Shia LaBeouf screams a lot in this movie. Like, even when they're not in battle, that boy screams a lot. I don't like Michael Bay's take on humans being humans because it's, uh, it's not how it is, honey. This movie sets unrealistic standards all across the board <laughs> for everyone. Sure. Okay. So, Jessica. Yes. Do you think this movie deserves a second chance? I'm so glad you asked. Um, I say... Shocker, this movie does not deserve a second chance. However, if you know what, if you haven't seen it in a while and you're like, you know what, I want to watch it. I want to check it out. I would say uh, maybe bring a book or a good phone game for the first hour and a half of the movie. Just have it on, maybe do laundry, maybe cook. Like you don't need to pay attention. And then for the last hour, put that stuff away and watch. Um, or just skip the first hour and a half and go straight to the destruction. Um, I will say that watching this movie, uh, as much as I did not enjoy it, it did make me like want to revisit like the first one. So I'd say, don't give this a second chance. Maybe see what the first one's like. Maybe it's more enjoyable. I don't know. But no, this movie does not deserve a second chance. No. I wish you had had that advice for me when I watched it. I would have told the wife, She's more than welcome to play Disney Emoji Blitz and watch <laughs> yeah. this. She was a hard pass on this one. Um, Don't fault her for that. Yep. Hey, hey, Megan, would you like to watch Transformers 3? No. <laughs> watch the one without me. Don't care. Good for her. Good um, for her. So um, would I give this a second chance? Of course I would. Get, no, I would never give this a second chance. <laughs> I don't care about Transformers. And uh, until they make a movie where it's just Transformers, um, again, it's one of those movies that's like fool me once. And it's fooled me four times. Oh. Um, or three times. First one I think we all thought was okay. Yeah. Second one was bad. Third one is, oh, it's tough. But then we forget about it because Chicago is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth one with Mark Wahlberg, it's rough. I didn't see the second Mark Wahlberg one, and I didn't see Bumblebee, and I don't think I'll be seeing any more. Um, but you know what? If you like robots fighting, go for it, man. Keep watching those Transformers. It's not for me. I wouldn't give it a second chance. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode. 
We'll be back next week with another Second Chance movie. Uh, but in the meantime, feel free to leave a, a review, a comment. Let us know what movies you want us to give a second chance to. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Second Chance Movies. We're available on YouTube as well. And wherever i mean you found the podcast we're available i hate when podcasts are like we're available on itunes and apple spotify no oh, well, let me stop let me it's, stop listening on this one and yeah. listen on the other platform so we're if you've listened to this via podcast stuff we're on that too cool <laughs> let us know your favorite way to listen that way we can you know incorporate all the listening strategies all of them. And thank you again to BD Mick Beatface for making our dope intro. We love that song. It's a great song. Second chance.